0: They did an excellent job of executing. And then you saw the emotion of of, of Antonio Pierce after knowing how big that win is. Jason, this dude should get the job. He should get the job. And if they screw this up, I know for a fact you and I are going to be on here and Baldy talking about how the NFL, again, this is a disparaging moment for African-American coaches and assistant coaches to get opportunities when they put in the time and the work and they deserve it and then they get overlooked. There's no reason Antonio Pierce shouldn't get this job.
1: Look, we want to talk about feckless, pathetic ownership. You've got it there, right? He he got people to build it. He didn't even do the stadium deal himself. I mean, that's uh, right. Alderson put it together. Like it fell into his lap. Like he wasn't born on third base. He was born in the batter's box, almost coming all the way back around the score. You know, <laughs> he's a left-handed hitter who was born who was born in the opposite batter's box. All he had to do was reach out his foot a little bit and touch home plate, right? So, like, you can't do anything on your own. You have been unable to steward that franchise whatsoever. And now all this is going on. Like, and we got Woody Johnson out there telling everybody why he's going to keep his people. He's keeping his people because the quarterback wants to keep his people. It's not like they're empowered. He's boxed in. You, Mark Davis, by the time this podcast hits, you should have already come out and said, We've offered Antonio Pierce, you know, a three-year contract extension to remain our head coach. Like, because if you were not to do that, if you go on a wild goose chase and end up hiring some Bobo because you'll hire some Bobo, that is not only um, a slap in Antonio Pierce's face. It would be a direct repudiation of every signal your locker room is sending you. It would be literally the spit in the face of those guys. And to tell them, I know better, you know, I, even though I've never gotten a damn thing right. And he's come out and said, hey, eventually I got to get this right. Like, it would literally be such a, you you peasants, you know what I mean? You fools, you think this is enough? No, I'm going to go get my guy. Like, whatever that means. Like, if he were to do that, um, I think he'd have a long off season of guys telling their agents, get me out of here, you know, and that's where it was at the trade deadline. And Antonio Pierce has reversed that um, somewhat single-handedly. And for them to make the statement they made without a forward pass completed through three quarters, right. at Arrowhead where the chiefs were still um, a much better offense at home than on the road. And to do it without Josh Jacobs, right. To do it with a backup running back and some, some of the offensive linemen pretty beat up and for the defense to make the collective statement that they made and to do it coming off of just getting Brandon Stanley run out of there. Right. And to do it coming off of having Kansas city a little bit dead to rights in the third quarter, the first time they faced them, like to have done what they did to Miami, right. Where even the way they Miami's offense, the way they held them down, limited them to 20 points at home going back to early stages of this Antonio Pierce thing, like now he's your coach. If you can't see that he's your coach, you know, you're the biggest fool in professional sports. Like there, there's nothing else you could want from someone than what Antonio Pierce is giving you. Um, the, and, and look, you said it, that there is, uh, it's not a fair fight for, for coaches of color in this league it's just not never has been um and the standards for them to keep jobs as interim head coach is is bonkers you know steve wilkes should have never been let go out of carolina like we we can go we can do this over time there was a time when todd bowles did the job as an interim in miami should have got the head coach there like it's been happening forever like mark davis if you're who you say you are and you're your your dad's son, and you see things the way he does, and you have the same thoughts about this league and what it should be, and, you know, you truly embrace diversity. Like, for all those reasons, yeah. And even if you didn't believe in any of that, if you knew an iota about football or team building or um, men and leadership, and then you would just, this is over. This is your guy. You found your guy. Now go lock him up.
0: That's all there is to it. It's in the huddle, guys. Follow us in the huddle pod on YouTube. Of course, like us, subscribe, and make sure you don't miss an episode. Jason Lock on four. Carl Dukes, Baldy will be with us on Thursday. Let's talk about the other game in which uh, a guy gets benched. And, you know, you say, Was this the right decision? All of a sudden, say what you want. The Giants got life in this game. Now they lose to the Eagles. 33 25 but tommy devito gets benched and everybody's going okay well is this desperate no i actually like the move by brian dable because you know what you've got to give your guys a chance yes. they didn't do anything in that first half to, to to move the football to even getting the scoring position but two things here jason one the eagles in the three game skid and two is the devito thing over
1: yeah, no, it, it's over, and it was cute, and it ran its course. And look, they, they got some things going in Wildcat. The Vito thing is somewhat – it's never going gonna to be that sustainable, but it remains interesting when it unlocks new things in the run game. But when he stopped looking to run, and which he didn't really run at all, in the front, you saw Tyrod Taylor came in who doesn't want to run, but there were these opportunities to just take off and go with how that defense was playing. And for DeVito not to exploit that, and then Tyron Taylor comes in and it's 21 yards here and 15 yards there to extend drives with his legs. It's like, what the hell was DeVito looking at? Like, that should have been his wheels or his best asset. Um, and they didn't lean into the Wildcat stuff as much as I thought they would. And they had really no semblance of a downfield passing game. So, no, they, they, it started drying up in New Orleans, and it continued and bled into the first half of this game and yeah you saw the throws that taylor makes the ball placement accuracy um you know understanding when you throw a jump ball how to sort of throw it and give your guy the best chance to go up and get it it's just a whole different scale and magnitude of quarterbacking and they they started scoring points when he came in the game And, and he should be their quarterback from here on out. You, you got enough of a look at DeVito to see that, you know, he's he's a, a still a developmental guy. You know, if you want to keep him in your room as your scout team guy or whatever. So sure. whether they bring Daniel Jones back, whether they trade up to draft somebody, whatever they do, um, I don't think you're looking at. You shouldn't be looking at DeVito as somebody who's competing for a starting spot. So, you know, and really look, the Eagles, good for them. They had to find a way to win a football game. You know, they, they had to make. A little bit of a statement um about their ability to be somewhat balanced offensively, and they were. Now we got to see them do that against much better defenses and you know, perhaps do it on the road, which is a different story. But you know, they 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 had to get Swift going. Um, they had to put up some points defensively, though. I still have questions. And Matt Patricia ain't it, you know. Yeah. And this is another game where it's closer than you kind of think it needs to be. And you're, you're watching them against the backup quarterback again in the final minutes. And I'm sitting there thinking, Taylor might pull this off. Like if Darren Waller gets up off the ground when he catches that ball and right. they get one or two more shots at it, like they should have had, I'm sitting there saying at the very least they're going to get a PI in the end zone and they're going to get a free play from the one with no time on the clock. And, you know, they might be able to send this thing to overtime with a touchdown and a two point conversion. So I still have major questions about them defensively. Um and they've owned the Giants for years, but but you know, them scoring 30 is is it's kind of a big deal. I don't care who they did it against. They had to get their mojo back. They had to finish some drives in the end zone, and they did that. And, you know, most importantly, they're they're in the driver's seat now to win that division. Yeah. And they're still viable. Again, like if San Francisco, if Purdy's banged up and Trent Williams isn't playing football, like they're not going to lose to Washington, but it, 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 it you know, it, it'll be interesting. And then they've got the Rams Week 18, and the Rams certainly are going to have something to play for. Like if I'm Detroit and Philadelphia, I'm I, I'm feeling like that. one. Well, I got to approach the rest of this season? Like we could get home field. We need to play our asses off these next two weeks because San Francisco might slip up again. We might be able to get home field.